you don't have to like your parents. That's, I think, the lesson that, that I've learned in life. <laughs> I say to two guys who can't fathom not liking their parents. <laughs> I had a few arguments with my mom, but not in the past 30, 40 years. Don't you dare ever have an argument with your mom. That's all I have to say. Your mother's perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Lost and Foundry Wound, the podcast that answers the question, what if KISS, instead of releasing a solo album for each member, instead had a podcast where each member picked a lesser-known film for all of KISS to review, and then each did that four times each, and there were only three members of KISS. <laughs> I'm Chris Lost. I'm Found Jim. And I'm Gene Simmons. <laughs> Rick Rewound. Yeah, they call that a long walk in the comedy biz. <laughs> Guys, how are you? How have you been? I haven't seen you in two weeks. <laughs> but it does feel like a long time. It yeah. does feel like it's been a really long time since we saw each other. And we actually saw each other in person, so that's really strange. It is strange. And now we've jumped back in time before we broadcast the fact that we saw each other in person. <laughs> okay. I'm confused already. Yeah. We're pre-episode 11 here okay. right now. Time, Rick, you're really dark. What happened? Yeah, the sun went down. I can, I'm going to run and turn on a light, but then you'll see how sweaty I am. <laughs> <laughs> Does Rick know that there's ways to illuminate a room other than the sun? <laughs> I've been in my basement all day. Today, in the real world, not in lost and found and rewound time, it's 90 degrees. And our house is, does not have the air conditioning on. Anyway, <laughs> we've got a few segments to go through before, you know, some of our famous segments to go through before we get to our the meat of our, our episode here. The first is, I apologize. I've got some apologies. I don't know if you guys have some. There was an apology, but I couldn't remember what... It's been so long since I made the mistake, I can't remember. I mentioned an eyeglass conglomerate in our last episode and made some statements about their excessive grip on the eyeglass market. I said upwards of 98 to 99% of that market. Apparently, in 2020, that company owned around 75% of the North American eyeglass sales and had far less dominant footprint in the rest of the world. So I apologize to our listeners. As you know, I try and get the numbers right on the show, and I flubbed those. I made a mistake in our last Fast Forward. Rick mentioned the FBI agent who coined the term serial killer, John E. Douglas, and I said that character was depicted in Manhunter. I meant to say Mindhunter. Manhunter is the Michael Mann Hannibal Lecter film based on the book Red Dragon, which featured Tom Noonan as the active serial killer. Isn't uh, Scott uh, Wilson, is it Scott Wilson? Now, see, now I'm going to have to apologize <laughs> next episode for that. Uh, his character is based on that guy also, though, right? Oh, really? The guy in Manhunter yeah. is in based Man on... In Manhunter. I thought that's who you were talking about. So I'd like to alter my apology <laughs> to say that I, I didn't realize that that character in Manhunter was based on John E. Douglas, I, but I was trying to refer to the TV show, David Fincher TV show, Mindhunter which is a great show if you haven't seen it. I'm looking up Scott Wilson, making sure. Is he the one I, I was thinking of? No, flipping hell. Scott Wilson's the guy from uh, the, the Exorcist 3, but he's also in, uh, in Cold Blood. The other Scott who's in Manhunter? No, Mind. yeah, Manhunter's the, the William Peterson movie. Correct. 
Okay, now I'm looking up that. He's not in this movie. The actor I'm thinking of is the actor who plays that character in Silence of the Lambs. Now, who's the actor in Silence of the Lambs who plays the mentor to... To Starling? Yeah. To Jodie Foster? Harvey Keitel. No! <laughs> See, now you're, trying to, now you're trying to spin me off even farther. That was a taxi driver joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get it. Okay. You know, Harvey Keitel was her mentor. Yes, yes mentor. <laughs> Scott Glenn... Right. He's the astronaut. He went into space. <laughs> Who did he play? Alan Shepard. That's what's really interesting is I always forget he's Lieutenant Colby in Apocalypse Now. There's just that scene where Martin Sheen walks up to the guy who had been sent before him and he's standing there holding the gun and he has a beard. That's also Scott Glenn and he's almost unrecognizable. The right stuff. Yes, he played Alan Shepard. Anyways, I said in a previous episode, who knows when and who knows where, I said Jamie Oliver was the designer of the famous Sex Pistols artwork, but Jamie Oliver is some chef, right? Jamie yeah. Reed is the famous graphic designer of the Situationist-inspired artwork that became identified with punk rock. So, sorry, Jamie Reed. I'm pretty sure everybody listening to the show caught all of those issues <laughs> and probably, is, probably didn't stay around to listen after those mistakes. Probably didn't stick around to listen to hear us apologize for them, so that's a shame. But, you know, why would they tolerate such uh, incompetence? Jim? Jim, who do you have to apologize for? No one. Absolutely no one. Sorry. I think Dave Grohl owes the two of you an apology in addition to other members of the band you play in because he did this show or he did this documentary called What Drives Us. It's all about bands touring in vans. Were you interviewed for that documentary? You just cut out of it? Or <laughs> you would think one of the most heavily touring bands I've ever known would have been in the stock. What's the issue with you guys and Grohl? Yeah, we didn't even get interviewed for the competing touring documentary. There's a competing documentary too. I think it's because we haven't really toured like that for 20 or 25 years. <laughs> Well, I don't know if they... I mean, they interviewed Steven Tyler. I don't think he's <laughs> toured in a while. Yeah, and Dave Grohl himself, when was the last time he was in a van, was the last time I saw him. Oh, no, he wasn't in the band yet when I saw Nirvana play. So I was going to say, the last time he was in a van was when I saw him in Champagne playing a show, but he wasn't, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't even in the band then. I wonder how many times he actually spent... You know, how many times he toured in a van? Does he talk about it? He does, yeah. He did on his first band and on the early days of Nirvana, very early. And then it went, Pat Smear actually is pretty interesting. He's like, I never toured in a van because when he was with... The germs, they, yeah, the they germs, never made it out of Los Angeles, right? They used their cars. He's like, we yeah. drove up to a show in San Francisco once in a while. <laughs> He then jumped from that band to Nirvana, where he had his own bus. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to skip the van. I've never toured in a van. I'm going to pass up that van part and go right to my own bus. Okay. Did you guys ever have a bus? Never had a bus, did you? In Europe, we shared a bus. With bunks and everything. It was always, yeah, it was always really cushy in Europe. <laughs> and and you say cushy, Jim, and that makes people think that it's cushy, but actually, so the kind of bus touring we did in Europe, the one bus, there were 15 people on that bus. So 
that you know cushy yeah. is it's it's a little more cushy than a van because somebody else is driving it and you have a little bunk but i think almost any other human would say sitting in a bus for 6 weeks with 15 other people or 14 other people sleeping in a bus is not cushy that's true yeah with no no hotels too of course no hotels and no number 2 in the uh, the toilet <laughs> you had to wait to to stop somewhere. Well, that's, yeah, that's kind of just like, I mean, it's not like touring on a bus. It's like taking the bus to go tour. <laughs> it is. It's kind of like the Greyhound equivalent of touring, right? It's like, oh. We had bunks, though. Yeah, we had bunks, yeah. I'm sure bands, kind of like early bands, there weren't like bunks. You know, like I see pictures of like the Who or something touring in America, and they're just on a bus with like a private bus, but just with seats. But they, of course, yeah. were staying in hotels and stuff, but they just had a bus, you know, they're yeah. just, there were no fancy bunk tour buses, I think. Yeah, we never really did that in America, but it was just the tours we got on, they'd set them up, and yeah, it was usually a few bands on a bus, and it was great. But we also did van tours in Europe. I was just recounting, regaling my relatives, some of whom were from, lived in England, you know, with stories of me driving a van, a German van in London. <laughs> Not only driving on a side of the street that I'm not familiar with, but the German van has the steering wheel on the side that I'm used to. So how my brain froze up when I tried to take a left turn in the middle of London (laughs) because I'm on the wrong side of the van and then on top of it I have to do what's a left turn in America but it's turning right, like my brain broke. I like literally like stopped, I froze. I could not process how to drive a German van in London and take a right turn. My time in India where, you know, you're driving on a highway and there's like people crossing the highway and like 30 people just walking across a four-lane highway. You know, in some cases, they have an ox or something behind them. And, you know, these drivers are driving insanely through all these people up onto sidewalks and down. And then, well, then they're making those, your, your turning is all disoriented. So like they're turning into these waves of people. And I was horrifying. I spent a year of my life, one month in Indonesia. And it was, yeah, like these little tiny two lane roads with at least three or four lanes of traffic, virtual lanes of traffic. And then like pedestrians walking along the side, bicycles and everything like that. And it's just like somehow and everyone going insanely fast, just being sure I was going to die terrifying and we complain about drivers in america and it's like oh my gosh yeah it could be it could be worse not that much worse texas is pretty close (laughs) except everyone's in a vehicle that's the problem is some places yeah people driving like they're in texas but there's also bicycles and pedestrians on the road right yeah it's way worse in (laughs) in countries where there's like people walking across the highway that's it's there's that doesn't happen in texas (laughs) That's the last time we toured, like, Philadelphia, it seems. It stood out this time that it was crazy. One night after a show, we were going out to somebody's house we were staying at, and it was pretty crowded. It was like a weekend, 11 or 12 o'clock at night, and it was, you know, a lot of people were out. It was kind of a high, not a real highway, but a fast road, and this guy was, yeah, just screaming through, like, going across all lanes, and I hadn't seen anybody do that recently, but it was, like, the most extreme version of that, and didn't hit anybody and almost scraped along the retaining wall a few times. It was the New Jersey people were the problem. I always had it out for New Jersey drivers. I felt like in New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, anytime I had a problem with someone driving, they had Jersey plates. I had a car accident in Los Angeles. That was the last time I when I decided I would never rent a car 
when traveling anymore that I will do Ubers or taxi. I'll leave the crashing and driving up to somebody else. <laughs> Gypsy cab. You're like uh, Gloria. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd shoot, I'd shoot four gangsters. Dead eye shot four gangsters and then hop in a taxi. Speaking of cinema, Rick, what have you watched lately that you'd like to share with us before we get into letting people know what our new film is? Since I have no short-term memory anymore, I don't know if I've watched anything. I, I, I remember one thing I watched, which was in order of disappearance. I think it's a Norwegian film, right? Stellan Skarsgård's in it. No, he's he's playing a Norwegian who lives in Sweden. It was remade as Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. By the same director. So it's one of those, I feel like we should do a podcast in the future about uh, movies, foreign films, non-American films, non-English films that have been remade as an English film by the same director. The director of In Order of Disappearance, the Swedish film, remade it in English with Liam Neeson. Insomnia would be on that list. Insomnia. Well, no, Insomnia is not the same director, though, right? Oh, funny games. So, Funny games. I'm trying to think. There's one other. So it might be a very short podcast, but it, it's, 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 it's always interesting. I had seen In Order of Disappearance before, but I watched it again because it showed up on a streaming service. So have you guys seen that? It's, uh, no. Is it good? Oh, yeah. I like it. And I like Liam Neeson, the Liam Neeson version, too. It's the, uh, the Liam Neeson uh, winter trilogy. So you have, what's the wolf movie? The Grey. The Gray, and then you've got Cold Pursuit, and then you've got Ice Road, which I don't know if I talked about. I watched and laughed a lot, even though I can't recommend it, but it, it was a great, serious, ice, winter action movie with Liam Neeson. But the original has Stellan Skarsgård as the Liam Neeson character, so his son gets killed by uh, drug dealers, and he doesn't believe his son, uh, but the police think his son died of an overdose, and he doesn't believe it, and so he goes on a cool, in terms of, like, emotional, you know, uh, a revenge film, yes. So this father goes and, and finds all the people and kills all the people involved in killing his son. And he's also a snowplow driver. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruno Ganz is in it, the German actor, as a ooh, Slovenian gangster. The best thing about it is there's a graphical element to the film that I won't talk about because it's just fun to, to see it and, and enjoy what happens. Speaking of which, we neglected to mention Dennis Farina when we were talking about Manhunter, who I think Dennis Farina played the analog to that guy. Ah. Um, and Dennis Farina is a big-time Chicago guy. Yeah, he was a cop. And then is it uh, Thief that he is first in? And uh, what's his name? Um, I usually know his name. He does the McDonald's voiceover now, which is really where the guy who played Hannibal Lecter in Manhunter is... Uh, oh, Brian Cox. Brian Cox, yeah. Thief was his first movie. Dennis Farina? Dennis yeah. Farina's first film. And a lot of those Chicago policemen who were actual Chicago policemen that wound up being character actors, but Dennis Farina was the one who got a career out of it, whereas a lot of those other guys just kind of show up whenever there's a Chicago movie with cops, but Dennis Farina turned into a real actor. And then Eddie Money was a New York police officer and became a real singer. <laughs> <laughs> and then an insurance salesman. I think he does insurance commercials now. <laughs> to me, it's weird to hear Brian Cox do the McDonald's ads. Like he even goes, da 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 da. Right. Think, do you oh, think? Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's him. Do, do you think he takes like a stick of gum and then like chews the gum and takes the metal wrapper and then like connects two wires on the phone and then phones in his McDonald's voiceovers <laughs> like he did in Manhunter? <laughs> 
I'm always fascinated by the uh, the story of. Uh, I always thought it was Martin Sheen on what was it Toyota commercials or Honda? What was it? Oh yeah, but it's his yeah, brother. Like, yeah, his brother has the same voice as Martin Sheen, and so has has made a living as a voiceover actor. Basically, when Martin Sheen refuses a voiceover gig, they just hire his brother, and his brother's like a right wing lunatic too. So it's like Martin Sheen's like liberal. I don't think does voiceovers or didn't do them for a long time. And then his brother did all the voiceovers. It's like, oh, that's Martin Sheen doing the voiceover for that right-wing politician. <laughs> Jim, do you do, like, if Rick passes on something, do you do it? Like a beer <laughs> commercial? If a beer commercial sure. came Rick's way, would you do it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. A cheese commercial? <laughs> <laughs> Jim's commercials for the Japanese market are pretty amazing, though. As the problem is, is you can't tell it's him inside the costume. Right. So I mostly do it in South Korea now, actually. Right, yeah. That's You've moved to new market. South yeah. Korean market. Are you Peng Su? Whoa. Been... Hey, we talked about this, Chris. <laughs> oh, whoops. I will guard our podcast fake personalities with my life, but revealing that Jim is Peng Su. It's not cool, man. Cavalier with that. <laughs> The one thing I did watch was I did watch the Gacy documentary, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I found it fascinating and horrifying and just incredibly troubling. The guy who was who disconnected my internet and was reconnecting my internet, I went out there and I said, oh, hey, there you are. He's like, hey, I knocked on the door. Nobody answered the door. I'm like, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's good. I, I, I wanted to get this all done because our cable's been like uh, above ground for too long. So oh. they finally buried the cable. He's reconnecting it. I'm like, how long do you think it'll be? You know, just he's like, oh, you know, about four more hours. <laughs> I didn't react. I just said, oh, um, really? Four hours? And he he turns around, stands up from the box, gives me this really serious stare, and goes, didn't they tell you when they called? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? He's like, didn't they tell you? I was like, really? Okay. And he goes, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> and it was this really awkward exchange and I was like who does this guy look like who does this guy look like he looks exactly like John Wayne Gacy man and I was like okay this Gacy like guy is doing maintenance on my home mm -hmm. great job for a serial killer yeah well the, the internet's fantastic I mean I didn't kill those kids just because I got internet you know <laughs> It's just a coincidence. I mean, everybody's got the internet. Just because all those people who I hooked up with service died has nothing to do with me. And got buried underneath where I hooked it up the cable? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it is good. Good serial killer job. Cable. What else? Construction, obviously. What else is sure. good? Let's alienate all the blue-collar workers. <laughs> Great quote from my mom as I bring home my report card. Every time she'd be like, well, the world needs ditch diggers too. <laughs> wow. So you knew someone who said that for real, not just, not ironically. No, she said it to me. Yeah. Like I was on my way to ditch, digging ditches, which is what right. I did before I went to grad school. I actually planted <laughs> trees in Lawrence, Kansas with a pickaxe. Nice. That's another good job. Why do you have this pickaxe? Oh, I, I plant trees. Oh, that's interesting. We've been finding bodies underneath newly planted trees. Well, that's a good way to fertilize them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just, yeah, we learned that in, in history class, right? The Native Americans taught the pilgrims to put a fish. Oh, we got a caller. <laughs> John from New Jersey. <laughs> Hi, yeah, guys, I heard what you said about New Jersey, and I did not like it. <laughs> I'm going to kill you guys once I find out who you are. 
I got two jobs. I lay cable and I work construction. And so if the cable job gets hot, I could just put you in the basement of a building. No one will find you for years. I saw a good movie, though. Black Widow. Really like that movie. So, oh, so this is uh, this is your pick, Rick. Black Widow. Did you like Black Widow? <laughs> I uh, I actually refused to go see Black Widow with my family. I'm on a Marvel strike. Although I did watch Loki, the series Loki, because Owen Wilson was in it, and I need to support Owen Wilson. Yeah, he was in uh, Bottle Rocket. Yeah, we grew up together. He has so. that famous line, you know. That you know, there's nothing to steal from my mom and Craig. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know that Black Widow stars an actress who we uh, oh, yeah. a very talented actress in a phenomenal performance. I'll I'll review Black Widow. That's I'll go since we brought up Black Widow. That's what I I watched a, a couple. I watched the um Black Widow film and I watched the the new Suicide Squad film. Mm-hmm. I thought the Black Widow film was great. Really good. All four actors fantastic playing actually uh we opened the podcast uh well we cut out of the podcast a huge discussion of family dynamic black widow was the discussion of past dysfunction it was actually like uh, a dysfunctional thanksgiving dinner discussion throughout the entire film amongst the four actors two you know the two parents or spies who pretended to be the the girl's parents and then the two girls and i say girls because they started out as young girls and not, not because you call sp- all women girls <laughs> and they grow up to be broads and then so when they're <laughs> no when they grow up to be you know very capable spies they still remember this their childhood and it's their struggle with who your parents were when you were a kid who your parents were now as an adult you know there were some action sequences mixed in between they're obviously low budget and and you know okay pretty well done but I thought it was a great film. And Florence Pugh, we all know from... Midsummer. Yeah. Midsummer. Oh, oh hold on a second. Yes? The guy was touching. He was the one to talk to me about. Okay, guys, this is where it happens. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Call 911. <laughs> Kansas City. Food-wise, a city famous for its barbecue, but that's about to change. My name is W. Dave Keith, host of the podcast Taco the Town, and I believe that Kansas City is one of the most underrated, underappreciated, up-and-coming taco towns in the USA. On Taco the Town, we will shine a light on all the amazing tacos Kansas City has to offer. Kansas City is a great taco town filled with a variety of untapped taco stylings and flavors, and on the Taco the Town podcast, we won't stop until we've tasted every taco in the town. No taco table will go unturned. Each episode, we review a new taco joint with a special guest. We share taco memories, discuss taco topics, and put tacos to the test. We check the latest stories in taco news, and no taco is off the table on Taco the Town. If you love tacos, like I do, you're going to love Taco the Town. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. That's Taco the Town. He's back. He's got all his limbs, all his digits. I sit down, my head, my head just peels back. 
did you see? I should have. I didn't send you that video of the Bond deaths. A lot of them are like that. Bodies being split in half and stuff. What What did you watch, Rick? Oh wait, did you say what you watched? I. Can't, it's been so many disruptions tonight. I can't remember. Nice save there. You called Jim Rick, and you think by pretending no, I was that I you. didn't talk. I was looking at the center square. That's you. No. I think what you did is you accidentally called Jim Rick. No, that's bullshit. I know the difference between the two of you. Give me a break. <laughs> Tell me. Hot seat. Was this the hot seat question? You play guitar on stage left, and Jim plays guitar on stage right. That's right. We're mirror images. Your guitar has knobs on it, and Jim's doesn't. <laughs> you want more? No, I think you've suffered enough. <laughs> Did you share what you... I forgot what you said you saw. In order of disappearance. I, I think I got cut oh, off in, in the middle, but yes, I think you sorry. got plenty of good stuff. It's, it's yeah, it's an in, in enjoyable revenge film. The remake got a bad review. So are you saying the remake is decent? I'm saying the remake, it's, it's like all those films that we've talked about before, you know, Insomnia and... Uh, Vanishing. The, the vanishing and it, it's it's not as good and that's the thing even though it's the same director you know it, you could always say oh american or you know original director did so much better but now we have a couple of films where the original director redirects it in for you know hollywood and it's not as good so no yeah the i mean it's it's got the liam neeson thing for some reason i think i identify with him even though i've never flown to paris and clobbered people with the butt of a gun and shot people and strangled people to death. But for some reason, you know, when Liam Neeson is doing that, I feel like it's, I identify with him somehow. Even though he's like, what, 15 years older than me? He's like 70 now, isn't he? Liam Neeson is not 70. He is 69 years old. <laughs> right. Okay. And Stellan Skarsgård is 70 years old. Both doing well. For 70? Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, 70 is just 10 years from no good. <laughs> oh, 80, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where things really go to shit. I'll never see it. Jim, <laughs> what did you watch? What have you consumed? The other night, just I saw it at Rick's house uh, in and of itself. I don't know. You, you didn't mention that before, Rick. You Had you seen that so. before? No, but if I did, it was a long time ago. That was good. <laughs> it was a uh, Broadway play basically a filmed play kind of like one of those those kinds of well like hamilton <laughs> or jersey boys yeah that was you know that was intriguing it was like a magician doing a you know messing with people <laughs> making people cry <laughs> we're trying to figure out how he how he made people cry you know it's pretty a lot it took a lot of work to get to do that to get you know, we're trying to figure out the technical aspect of it, you know, but that was, that was cool. Yeah. What I find about the film is, is that the more you explain it, the less good it sounds. Yeah. And you just kind of have to force people to watch it. Cause if you say it's this Broadway production and it's got a magician, <laughs> people go, Oh, like Doug Henning. We talked about Doug Henning. Right. And, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's, I forgot David Blaine. There's David Blaine is actually in the audience when he says, brother that's david blaine oh yeah i got a recommendation from our friend mark you know who had just seen this movie that you've probably maybe you've seen it's like a model shop it's from 1969 it's like a la movie mm. it sounds like it's kind of been rediscovered or it's all 
everyone's talking about it now, or it's influenced once upon a time in, in Hollywood, I think was influenced by that a bit. And he said he was watching, had watched Model Shop. and But it, it's, what is his name? Oh, Jacques Demy movie. I haven't seen it yet, but Mark Mark had watched it, was going to, uh, said it was great. It's the guy, it's what's his face from 2001, <laughs> the other guy. Gary Lockwood. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like him wandering around Los Angeles so it, it's it's like this great almost documentary view of LA in 1969. He's just kind of driving around the city. That sounds really interesting. Oh, it's the film that Jacques Demy made after The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which is one of yeah. three musicals that I will watch and accept. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, that's a great recommendation. Yeah, Jim and I. Not only did we get to all see each other for the podcast, Jim and I actually saw each other in a social situation just a yeah. few days later at a wedding. Yeah, it was great. What would you think of that wedding, Jim? If you were to give it a rating. <laughs> Do you want to, should it be lost? <laughs> should it be found? Or should it, and should it be rewound, that wedding? <laughs> Hot seat. Definitely re- rewound so I can get a, more food from the taco truck. There was a taco truck in the driveway. It was great. It's a big Chicago taco truck, so I can go, I can go and find them anytime I want. So The burritos were fantastic. Did you get tacos or a burrito? I had a burrito. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. Yeah, excellent. Good wedding too. You weren't at the wedding. You were at the reception. You were at the reception. Is that what we would yeah. call that? The party was uh, taco there. <laughs> no, is that what you call our previous guest, W. Dave Keith, friend yeah. of the show, guy who listens, one of the few people that listens to the show. You could just taco. call him Taco now. Yeah, <laughs> Taco. Hey, Taco. <laughs> I'm gonna be be like George W. Bush. I just have nicknames <laughs> for people. Pooty Poot Taco. <laughs> That's a good way to not have to remember people's names. Just yeah. give them a nickname. Carl Rove was Fart Blossom. <laughs> I don't think Dick Cheney had a nickname. Lon Cheney was his nickname. <laughs> Only used when Dick Cheney wasn't in the room. Where's Lon? <laughs> well, Jim, do you want to uh, announce what our upcoming film is going to be since you chose it? Oh, yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. We're going. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You know how these things work? That's why we yeah. do these things. <laughs> I don't. Otherwise, otherwise we'd be done. <laughs> we watched uh, Paper House, which I watched in yeah, 1989 or something. Rented, of course, on VHS. And when I started thinking about movies when we started this podcast, it was it took me a while, to, but I, I remember that it popped into my head. It was like, oh, this is something I saw in 1989. And yeah haven't seen it since and it, I did, most people probably have it, it really wasn't big or anything and definitely disappeared it's a striking memorable movie all right we'll conclude there gentlemen that's the two hour <laughs> mark which gives us probably about 15 minutes worth of podcast lost and found and rewound is fully funded by lost and found and rewound foundation funds lost and found and rewound does not use crowdfunding because our listeners have better things to do with their funding There's no need to post reviews of Lost and Found and Rewound because our listeners have more valuable things to do with their time. In all sincerity, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate it. Lotus Pod.